you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. mic is on the mic is hot and welcome to the show everybody i've got a good one for you today um it's a beautiful day where i'm at and hopefully it's a beautiful day where you're at uh couldn't ask for better conditions um this is episode five niner 59 of the lone gunman podcast and my guest today is mr larry names he is a prolific author of over 40 some books um there's one in particular I wanted to talk to him today about, and that's called the Oswald Reflection. And please do refer back to the webpage uh, for links to all of Larry's stuff, and also where you can buy the Oswald Reflection on Kindle and in physical form. Um, and and Larry is a, is, a, is a great guy. He's a stand-up guy. And just to let you all in on something, um, when I called Larry, uh, he was on his way to the hospital. He was having some chest pains and. I told him, I said, man, you know, we don't have to do this today if you don't want to. And he said, no, no, I got a long ride to the hospital. He said, let's do it. So this is the kind of guy that Larry is. He's a good guy. um, And he doesn't miss many many interviews for for anything. So please do enjoy the show. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him as long as I'd like to, but I promise I'm going to have him on again. Um, He's not done writing about the Kennedy assassination, hopefully. And, uh... He also has many personal ties to it and has met uh, a lot of people with attachments to it. Um, so please do enjoy the show. Um, this is Mr. Larry Names. Hang around to the end. I'll wrap it up for you. Uh, but again, head back to the website. I'm going to link up all Larry's stuff there, and it'll be one click away if you want to get it. I know on Kindle it's, not, it's, it's pretty cheap. I think it's only like four or five bucks. Um, do yourself a favor and get it. You won't regret it. Um, Please enjoy the show, everybody. 
This is Mr. Larry Names. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Clark. We're back on the Lone Gummin Podcast for episode number 59 already. I can't believe it. Uh, it's almost a one-year anniversary. And today I have a very, very special guest, uh, somebody who I've been wanting to talk to for a long time and haven't really had the technical capability to do it until now. Um, I talked about uh, one of his books on a previous show uh, called The Oswald Reflection, which is a what I call a faction book. It's it's fact-based fiction, uh, but it does have some real elements to my guest. And his name is Larry Names. He is the author of uh, a lot, of at least, what, 40 or so nonfiction and fiction books. He knows a little bit about the Cubs and the White Sox and the Green Bay Packers. Um, so that makes him a good guy in my book. Welcome to the show, Mr. Larry Names. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Rob. How about you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in uh, Virginia, and I'm sure it's pretty nice up there in Wisconsin, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm going around, and uh, uh, it's pushing 60 degrees. Actually, it's 64. Oh, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's sunny and that's shorts weather up there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah we start the park when it's about thirty-five. So. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> now the reason I, I reached out to Larry last year because I really really enjoyed his book, um, the Od- o- the Oswald Reflection. What's that, Larry? Oh, no problem. And uh, I did. I tracked him down on Facebook and and I talked to him a little bit, and he was kind enough to even uh, let me call him and talk to him in person. And we had a very fascinating conversation, and the book actually um, went a whole lot deeper than I realized as I came to found out, um, as as Larry will tell you as we go on here about his personal experiences. Um, but Larry, if you could, uh, for all our listeners, just uh, brief, briefly tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what piqued your interest with the Kennedy assassination. That's good. <laughs> And um, 
was cognizant of, of being alive uh, back on uh, in November of 1963. I know exactly where I was sitting and exactly how I reacted when the news came that uh, the president had died. And um, anyway, um, it, it really upset me because this was one of my boyhood heroes. Um, and I bought a sports figure super my hero, but he was the, the first political figure that was uh, a hero for me. And, and of course, it, it really affected a lot of people. Well, I've always been kind of an emotional person and uh, very strong feelings about a lot of things. I couldn't sleep for two days. And so uh, I got in the habit at an early age, about 11 or so, of writing my feelings down on paper. And after I did, I felt much better than I was to. And, you know, I'm not getting such a cope again. So I sat down and I wrote a letter to uh, make the lead newspaper editor someplace in America, uh, not really addressed to anybody in particular, and, and expressed my feelings. And I signed it at American Youth and just left it on my, on my desk. I felt better about it. Went to school the next day, got home, and my dad says, did you write that? And I went, oh, now what have I done? <laughs> You know, I thought I was in trouble. And uh, I, I said, uh, uh, what? And he said, that letter about President Kennedy. And I said, oh, yeah, I guess I did. So, and he says, uh, I'm really proud of you, son. And I, it's one of the few times he ever said that to me. But I remember it. So. And then I thought that was the end of it. A couple of weeks later, one of my classmates comes to me and says, did you really write that letter about Kennedy? And I said, what are you talking about? Information. 
it takes time to drag it out sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, I got rushed to judgment, and I, I struggled to read it, but I read it, you know, and we don't like a lot of America, and uh, boy, it raised so many questions that have made, that made me start thinking. Uh, but I never did do anything about it until 1976, and I had, um, I had a friend who was a stockbroker, and he said to me, he says, uh, Larry, you got to talk to this guy. He says, this guy's got some of the wildest stories you're ever going to hear. And I said, really? Said, yeah, well, that, I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk to him. And finally, he called me. And I'm just going to give you his name and days. I had to let it go at that. Cause, uh, right. Uh, he may still be alive. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he calls me and he says, he says, we need to talk. I got Stuff I need to tell someone to write it down, and I went, well, okay, well that that day before this, or well that by the yeah that day no that that afternoon, um, I was working at the uh, Phoenix Gazette in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and, uh, and I, I was in the circulation department, and he's one of our reporters. Um, was blown up, his name was Don Bolts. He was blown up in his car that day. Wow. But he survived the blast. And he was in the hospital, they were trying, he was, you know, really a serious disappear. He died three days later, but, uh, uh, you know, they did everything they could to save him. It, it didn't happen. Well, this is what prompted Dave's call. He said, I know who killed Don Bolts. And I said, okay, really? You know, and, yeah. and he says, uh, and I got some other things. So we got together. We, we met at a restaurant uh, where my wife, Bee, was working. And then we went there to her aunt's house. And Dave um, uh, had a six-pack of beer with him. So he, he started talking and we started listening. And he did, like my, my stockbroker friend said, this guy had some of the strangest stories. And so I said, we listened and we listened and we listened. And he kept going back in time. Then he come forward, then he go back in time and come forward. And he talked about the Bay of Pigs. He talked about uh, uh, the assassination of John Kennedy, the assassination of Bobby Kennedy, uh, Martin Luther King, the, the attempt on uh, George Wallace's life. Right. Uh, he, you know, and, and, and he talked about Don Bowles. And he says, these are the people who are behind all this. And he says, it's such a vast conspiracy. It, it, they're never, ever going to be able to figure out everybody who's involved. He's, uh, he's just telling us all the stuff. He even told us about Watergate before, you know, a lot of the stuff had, had come out. Right. And uh, he's telling us, but then he told us why, you know, uh, Watergate and, uh, you know, and, and everything. It wasn't just so they spy on the Democrats, um, one of President Nixon's benefactors uh, was really upset that he uh, made, kind of made, you know, because, well, because he made big time with the Chinese and with the, and with the Russians, and, and he was not happy about this, and uh, uh, so he, he says, well, I'll take care of you too, but uh, 
can't assassinate you because that'll make you a hero. I don't want to do that. So anyway, um, they did Watergate, and we all know that, you know, that part of history. Well, I, you know, didn't put a lot of store into what Dave was telling us at the time because it, a lot of it was so fantastic. It's just unreal. But then things started happening. And then this leads you up to where my book begins. And it begins this phone call from my sister, actually from my sister, right. who my brother-in-law had been in the Marine Corps with Lee Harvey Oswald. I didn't know that. He never said anything. Yeah. And my sister's telling me about this, and I'm going, really? Well, pretty much like the, 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 our hero in the, in, in the twice, uh, excuse me, in the, the Oswald reflection that does, <clears throat> I quit my job. And I, I went in search of this. Like uh, Tom Regan does in the book, he, I, I took most of the trip that he takes, you know, to, to go find this story. Uh, what I did is I took the trip with my, with my father-in-law and uh, we went out west and while well, he was uh, visiting uh, his brothers and stuff, I was doing other things and uh, putting all these, you know, kind of put all these pieces together. Uh, there's, there are some things that happen in the, in the book that uh, I'm pretty sure you'll uh, be able to recognize as fiction that they, you know, that, that they, they kind of help color up the story a little bit. Um, uh, anyway, um, the, the facts I found out about uh, Oswald and about other people connected to him, um, everything I say about the, about the Oswald and the assassination that's in that book is something I got from somebody, some real person. Right. So, uh, you know, read the book, that's what you're going to find. And uh, it's just that a lot of these people, you know, like a you know, I changed their names and some of their personal history, and uh, you know, so you know, nobody's time to recognize them. And some of those people have now passed on. And uh, uh, there's some some other people I've met along the way, and some other things I found out along the way. Uh, besides my my brother-in-law having having served in the in the Marines with Oswald in Japan, uh, I. Found out that uh, uh, another sister worked for Jack Ruby at the Carousel Club. Oh wow! And, yeah, she's uh, she was you know she actually told me she said she said all that stuff that they said in the White Commission about Oswald that you know wasn't part of all that you didn't know these people and so on and so forth. She said I served drinks to Oswald and uh, Jack Ruby and Officer Tibbet. Tip it that we get yeah. and, uh, uh, at the same table, you know, so they knew each other. So uh, you can't tell me there wasn't some kind of conspiracy. Yeah, so, that, that definitely anyway, sh sheds a new light on things there. Oh, well, my wife just reminded me, I, I did finish with Dave. Uh, yeah, the reason we start, oh, that's, that, that's it, yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, up until... You know, for quite a while, like I said, quite a while, I didn't put too much uh, stock in what, what Dave was telling us. But then nine months later, they arrested the guy. He said, had done the job, had done the job right. on Don Bolt. And, uh, and that kind of like, shocked us, <laughs> you know. So we started, that's what prompted me to start wondering, what else did he 
assassination itself, you know, about the uh, President Kennedy's assassination. And every once in a while, he'd say, I, or we, and he'd say, I, I mean, these guys, and then he'd, you know, he'd backtrack and, okay. uh, or, or change the subject. Uh, and he'd slip up, and I'm thinking, well, I guess that beer kind of loosened his tongue a little bit. Yeah. And because uh, I really haven't read anything about the Oswald, uh, about Oswald or, or the assassination outside of Western Judgment up until then. And he was telling us about triangulated fire and, uh, you know, military presence in the, in the, in, uh, in Dealey Plaza that day and so on yeah. and so forth. Well, since then, uh, I have come to know a military man, uh, a former military man, who was at Dealey Plaza that day. Oh, really? And he wasn't there, you know, just as a casual, uh, you know, tourist or anything. He was there on duty. And that's all he'll tell me. Huh. You know, because, you know, it's just like anything else. You get, you get a clearance, you know, from, uh, you know, from the military. You're sworn to speak for life. Right. And until, or until, you know, the government says, okay, thank you, talk about it. You know, my, my, uh, uh, I know, I know a couple of other gentlemen who, uh, have these gaps in their lives and they won't tell me about it. And yet I know that, uh, from someone, another guy who, believe it or not, used to live only like five miles from my house and who, uh, was, as he said, I was a spook. And, um, we all know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked him some questions that had nothing to do with anything he had done. And he said, yeah, he says, you know, he would say, yeah, he had met some guys that, uh, uh, you know, he knew were there at Dealey Plaza. He says, yeah, there was a military presence there. Uh, and this is why, it, you know, just out of the blue, all these guys suddenly started, you know, Going up, people say, "Hey, I'm with the FBI, or I'm with this or that, or I'm with the government. You know, I'm doing this through camera." And they, and they, and they were taking everybody's cameras. And can you imagine what they do today? Who needs your cell phone? You know, and you know they'd be snatching everybody's cell phone right on the spot, taking a picture. Of people. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, it's just it, it was. It's just such a vast conspiracy. You know, there's no one person to blame. There's no one. So, you know, if you'd have been running up one on one on Nixon, he'd have crushed Oh, yeah, most definitely. So, uh, I don't think George Wallace would have run. No. He probably would have stayed out of it as a third party candidate. So, uh, anyway, uh, over the years, you know, just out of the blue sometimes, I meet somebody, uh, talk to someone, someone says, hey, I don't die. I call them. I talk to the guy and uh, uh, find out something. So, 
Yeah, well, I'm sure it's, it, you know, your book's been around for, what, almost 40 years now. I mean, I'm sure people that, that know you've written that book um, have approached you, you know over what? the years. Well, the, yeah, the original, the original title was Twice Dead. Right. But uh, I, I, re, I rewrote the book and added some other information that I picked up along the way over the years. And so that fact that 1977, it wasn't much fun. edition. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's available through Amazon. So. Most definitely. And I'll, I'll put links up to your book and, uh, and your, and your author page and everything where all, they can find all your other books as well too. Uh, when I post this, Larry. So I appreciate that, right? Yeah, no problem. So let's get, uh, let's get back to the Oswald reflection for a bit. Cause I, I know, from reading it and from what from where we're at in your narrative here um that there was some interesting things that probably happened over in japan um maybe you could tell people a little bit about that uh martin strand uh you know a couple of those weird events that happened over there well um yeah that's uh my, my brother-in-law and a couple of his buddies that I talked to that were over there at the same time, they would talk about that part of it, you know, because yeah. they said that the, uh, the, the uh, uh, and everything they told me about what happened in Japan that I put, that's in the book, uh, really happened. And this, uh, there was this uh, guard that was killed in the Philippines, you know, they were, this was during the time of, uh, the, the threat against the, the two islands that are in Formosa, Matsui and Matsui and Kamoi. And the Red Chinese were, were threatening these islands. We had a military alert. I can remember that when I was just 11 years old. Right. And it was all going on. And, uh, everybody was worried about we're going to go to war again, but just like Korea. And you know, it didn't happen, fortunately. And then, uh, uh, like the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, I'm going, everybody's all nervous about it. I'm 58 years old at that time. And I'm going, I said, you really think, I actually said, I had a good teacher when I was a freshman uh, in high school who was a, a world history teacher. And he's, he used to make jokes about, uh, being afraid of, uh, World War III with the Russians. He said, you know, the Russians have too much to lose now. And countries that have a lot to lose don't go to war. That's all there is to it. And that was another country that has, you know, a lot to lose too. Right. So, uh, I just said, you know, the Russians, you know, somehow or another, they're going to find a way for both of us to back down and, you know, and, and back away from us. It's just that it, there's too much to lose. They're not going to go to, they're not going to fight over a little piece of, of dirt like Cuba. That's all there is to it. Uh, so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I heard my 
right about getting their stuff in. But what was going on in, in, uh, in the Far East uh, in 1958, 69, 60, and, and what they did with Oswald, boy, you know, this is the thing. My, my brother-in-law did tell me, and this, the former CIA agent that I, you know, this near confirmed this. He said, back then, they always looking to get guys who had been the top secret clearances and good military records to, or some specialty to be, uh, the, to, to join the CIA after their military time was over. Right. Or even before it was over. Yeah. And, um, uh, my wife had a relative who, we know that after his Marine career was over, he was part of the CIA for a while because there's a gap in his life he won't talk, he never would talk about. It. So, uh, every time he told somebody else that I know, because that's somebody told me about it, uh, I says, I guess, I suppose maybe if I drank with, with him, he probably would have told me too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, anyway, it's just, that's the way they did things back then. That's how they, you know, they would get these guys, especially guys who speak another language. Or, right. or had uh, an aptitude for, for learning foreign languages. Which so, we know Oswald did. But, you know, so, you know, Oswald learning Russian on his own, mm, gee, I, I kind of find that hard to believe. Somebody had to be teaching pronunciation. You can learn to a language, you can learn to write a language, but you have to have someone teach pronunciation. Right. Uh, if, if you're going to speak that way. And he he spoke more than a passable uh, uh, Russian when he went to went to, uh, to the Soviet Union. So it was the best Russian, but it was still passable. Right. And he was an American. And uh, uh, you know, who's going to tell? Oh, and then he did other things in Japan that uh, uh, you know they really want. How come this guy's getting into these private clubs over over there in Japan, and they're not? You know, and he's being seen with these uh, rather attractive Japanese women. And, they want, and, and he's not paying for them. And that's what's really amazing about the whole thing. So, uh, it, there's just so many things. There's so many questions about Oswald that uh, you know, somebody was handling him. And uh, he seemed spendable somehow or another along the way. And like I said in the book, he's he figured out what was going on, and uh, he changed sides, basically. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give everything away. It's like I want people to read it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, then, and and there's evidence to support a lot of this. Also. It's just kind of, oh, I'm trying to fix up the writers. But another writer's, um, you remember in, in uh, JFK, the movie, uh, yeah, and Joe Pesci's playing, uh, um, oh crap, uh, Ferret. And he, he says, uh, how did he put it? Uh, it's a riddle wrapped up in an enigma. I don't know, something else. Yeah. You know, something like yeah. that. That's what the whole conspiracy is. It's, it's like a 5,000 word or 5,000 piece uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle. That's all one color. Try to put it together. It, it's going to take forever if you can ever get it together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I totally agree. So, yeah, and it's, you know, and everybody's got their theories, just like, 
Definitely, and I, I, I did. I was talking to uh, another author, uh, Adam Go Rightly. He wrote a book about Carrie uh, Thornley, and who was also in the Marines with Oswald, and was also in New Orleans at the same time. You know, the summer of '63, and he uncovered um, that E. Howard Hunt was actually in Japan in the late '50s um, at Asugi. definitely and I also I also ran across not too long ago Larry um, the fact that um, Martin Strand was supposedly a good friend of Oswald's and actually rode with him from Florida to Mississippi uh, when they were doing their radar training you know bef- before they went to Japan which I didn't know talked to one of those guys uh two weeks ago and he's a he's a friend of mine and and i didn't really you know attack him on the whole point but we had a we had a slight discussion about it on the show um and i got one i got another guy coming up who approached me he said he wanted to to come on and be a little bit more argumentative about things and uh i said okay we can do it if you really want to so hopefully that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. We'll be I'll be getting into it with the lone nutter. Well, I'm gonna have to listen to your show more often now. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, probably hate to cut this off. Uh, we're on our way to the hospital because I'm having just. That's that's yeah I know and I I really appreciate you doing this for me, Larry, and maybe. Uh, Uh, more than three or four shows in, in all that 
time, and I've done hundreds and hundreds of uh, radio shows and interviews, and, uh, you know, those Packer books have gotten a lot of, a lot of airtime. Yeah. But, um, uh, so the last one, that first, when it first came out, back in uh, 78, uh, we toured the country, and just about everybody, you know, because, you know, the hearings were going on at that time. Right. And just about every radio station that we contacted said, oh yeah, yeah, when can you be here? And, so, uh, you know, I, I showed up and uh, I got canceled from the uh, large station down in Louisville uh, because, uh, oh, it was, I want uh, it was the, the, the jury had come back from the Patty Hearst trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were going to have, you know, they just had that and they had somebody else that was more up to date, you know, something current instead of, you know, history here. And I got, I got bumped. And I realized, and they just couldn't find any place in the next couple of months. I was on my way to Louisville. They called me the night before. Uh. And uh, said, we're sorry, but we, you know, we're going to have to bump you. Yeah, so, yeah. And I got, so anyway, and stuff happened. Yeah. But then well. uh, uh, I did cancel a show out in Indio, California. And that's about it. All the rest of the time, so if I can't be there in person to talk, then I'll be on the phone with you. Yeah. So oh. Anytime you want me, just you know, give me a caller. Okay, we'll do. You go get that ticker taken care of, and uh, hopefully you are just fine, and it's just a scare. Yeah, it's just you know, I'm 68 years old. Yeah. And, Don't uh, take any chances. Uh, yeah, I'm just. Uh, uh, if it's it, one time, what you know, I go okay, yeah, but this has been three days in a row. Oh, this this or something up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but I'll post I'll post links up for your book and, and everything else. They can head straight to Amazon and get it, and uh, check out all your other stuff too, there, Larry. And I, once again, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us a little bit about it today. You're a good guy, Rob. It's a pleasure. Hey, my pleasure too. You take care of yourself, Larry. We'll talk soon, all okay? All right, you too. All right, thank all right, you. Bye. All right, bye. All right, this is your boy back with you, and I just want to let everybody know, I talked to Larry today, and he is fine. He must have had a bad burrito or something to have uh, acid reflux for three days, but his ticker is just fine. Larry is going to be with us for hopefully quite a long time yet, and hopefully in the near future, come back on the Lone Gumman podcast, and we can pick up where we left off. Um you know, Larry, Larry's a good guy like that. Like I said, and when I talked to him before, he was telling me he once did an interview, I think it was for eight hours straight overnight. So, you know, Larry's the kind of guy I can wind up and let him go. And, uh, you know, it was great having him on the show. And I would encourage everyone, please check out his book. He's one of the rare uh, people with actual real-life experiences that can translate them into the written word and it be an entertaining and enthralling story and narrative and people that are listening to this show they're interested in the jfk assassination that's what this book is about you know it's about oswald it's about events surrounding it uh that personally happened to larry and that larry has personal uh, knowledge of so please i would encourage everybody out there to help support larry go pick up his book uh, like i said it's on kindle and in, in in paperback and I'll put up links on the website. Everybody go check it out. Um, 
send Larry some love. Let him know you appreciated the interview. And uh, that's it for today, people. This some bitch is in the can, beamed up this satellite down directly to your ears. This is your boy Rob Clark on the Lone Gummin Podcast, episode 59, wrapped. Peace. to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only.